Indeed, those people who irtaddu, they turned away. Ala adbarihim, upon their backs. Meaning they turned away from the command of Allah. Ala adbarihim, on their backs. Meaning they showed their backs, you know, complete turn. After guidance had become clear to them. Meaning the command of Allah was very clear. Yet they turned away. Yet they refused. And again we need to think about ourselves. How many commands are there in the Qur'an which are very obvious, clear in their meaning? I mean there is no ambiguity. So those who turn away, how do they turn away? Why do they turn away? What makes them turn away? الشَّيْطَانُ سَوَّلَ لَهُمْ Shaytan has made it easy for them. Shaytan has enticed them. وَأَمْلَى لَهُمْ And he has given them long hopes. سَوَّلَ سِينْ وَاوْلَامْ بَلْ سَوَّلَتْ لَكُمْ أَنفُسُكُمْ أَمْرًا What does تَسْوِيلْ mean? When the nafs makes something bad, easy. Something bad, the nafs makes it easy. مُزَيَّن Beautiful. When the nafs makes something bad, seem very good. This is تَسْوِيلْ So shaitan has made this bad deed of turning away from Allah's command good for them. وَأَمْلَى لَهُمْ أَمْلَى Hamza mim lam, amal. What does amal mean? False hope, long hope. So, amla, also it can be from the root letters mim lam wow. Alright. Amla lahum, he has basically prolonged hope for them. Meaning when the Quran is clear, the command is muhkam, without ambiguity. They turn away from obedience. Why did they make this wrong choice? Because their nafs made this wrong choice seem very good to them. And because their false hopes, their false hopes allowed them to ignore the consequences. Because you see, when you're doing something wrong, you think about the consequences, right? Like for example, if you are sitting in the car without your seatbelt on, right? It will constantly pinch you. What if an officer sees me? What if there's a police car? You worry about the Consequences And that fear makes you put the belt on even if you don't want to. Doesn't it? But sometimes a person is like, no, you know what? No officer is going to see me. No police car ever comes here. Nobody's going to see me. I'm still on the street. Right? I'm still on the street. I'm not on the main road. So it's this long false hope that allows a person to overlook the fear of consequences. And so he ends up doing wrong. الشَّيْطَانُ سَوَّلَ لَهُمْ وَأَمْلَى لَهُمْ What do we learn from this? When a person deliberately turns away from the command of Allah knowingly, then he is under the effect of who? Under the effect of who? Shaytan. ذَلِكَ That is so. Meaning they're turning away from Allah's command, shaytan's influence on them. بِأَنَّهُمْ Because indeed they قَالُوا they said لِلَّذِينَ For those who كَرِهُ مَا نَزَّلَ اللَّهِ Those who dislike what Allah has revealed. And who are they? The believers? No. It's those who deny. Whether it was from the Ahlul Kitab, or it was from the Mushrikeen, basically the hypocrites are being mentioned. That they said to, the hypocrites would say to the disbelievers, that, سَنُطِيعُكُمْ We will obey you fi بَعْضِ amr In some matters. Don't worry, we're with you. إِنَّ marakum. Indeed we are with you. Two things I want you to notice. Firstly, 
those who deny have been described as those who dislike what Allah has revealed. And this is the second time this is being mentioned. Which means that a believer can never dislike what Allah has revealed. Yes, he can find it difficult, and that is fine because we are weak. But that difficulty should not make us dislike Allah's commands. There should always be love for Allah's commands. Always. This is what differentiates a believer and the opposite. And secondly, we see the way of the hypocrites. That why is it that shaitan has influenced them so much to such a degree that they're turning away from the most obvious commands? Because they have been offering support to the enemy. How? They have been saying to the enemy that سَنُطِيعُكُمْ فِي بَعْضِ الْأَمْرِ We will listen to you in some matters. Meaning, yes, we're Muslim. However, we will listen to you. Meaning, in some matters, we're not going to do what our religion wants from us. We're going to do what you want. وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ إِسْرَارَهُمْ And Allah knows what they conceal. إِسْرَارَ سِينُ رَارَ إِفْعَالُ To hide secrets. Basically, these verses are talking about the munafiqeen. The munafiqeen in Medina, what would they do? They would go and offer their friendship to the Yahud in particular. And they would say that we're with you. Yes, we're Muslim, but we're with you. In some matters, we're never going to listen to the Prophet ﷺ. We are going to do exactly what you want us to do. Now, this doesn't mean that we're not allowed to obey a non-Muslim you know, if he's a person of authority and he's telling us to do something that is appropriate. Like for example, if a person happens to have non-Muslim parents and the non-Muslim parents are telling him study. And he says, no, you're non-Muslim, I can't listen to you. No, this is not what this means. What this means is that in matters where the Prophet's command is clear, Allah's order is clear. And there are people who deny, who want the opposite from you then a believer will choose who? Allah. And a munafiq will choose who? سَنُطِيعُكُمْ فِي بَعْضِ الْأَمْرِ He will not choose Allah. Allah says, وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ إِسْرَارَهُمْ Allah knows what they conceal. In Surah Al-Baqarah we learn about this. وَإِذَا لَقُوا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا قَالُوا آمَنَّا وَإِذَا خَلَوْا إِلَى شَيَاطِينِهِمْ قَالُوا إِنَّا مَعَكُمْ In Surah Al-Nisa, Ayah 143 why? Because they wanted to establish good relations with other groups also to ensure their safety. Allah says their hidden secrets are not hidden from Allah. فَكَيْفَ So how? Meaning how will their predicament be? إِذَا تَوَفَّتْهُمُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ When the angels will take them in death. يَضْرِبُونَ وُجُوهَهُمْ وَأَدْبَارَهُمْ They will strike their faces and their backs. This is the punishment for nifaq. At the time of death, as their souls will cling to their bodies, the angels will strike them. يَضْرِبُونَ وُجُوهَهُمْ وَأَدْبَارَهُمْ In Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 93, they said, أَخْرِجُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ ذَلِكَ Why severe punishment at the time of death? بِأَنَّهُمْ Because indeed they اتَّبَعُوا They followed مَا أَسْخَطَ اللَّهِ That which angered Allah. أَسْخَطَ سِينْ خَطَى إِسْخَطْ Is to upset someone who's greater than you. They did what angered Allah. This is why punishment. وَكَرِهُ And they disliked رِضْوَانَهُ His pleasure. Meaning the actions that win, that bring Allah's pleasure, they dislike those actions. Who are these people? The munafiqeen. Apparently they show Islam, but on the inside their loyalties are elsewhere. 
فَأَحْبَطَ أَعْمَالَهُمْ So he has rendered their deeds worthless. Those who do not like what Allah likes, then their deeds are also ruined. أَمْ حَسِبَ الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ أَمْ or حَسِبَ He thinks, who? الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ Those people in whose hearts is a disease. Do they think that on that, لَنْ يُخْرِجَ اللَّهُ Allah will never bring out أَضْغَانَهُمْ Their hidden hatred? Adghan is a plural of the word dighn, dad, ghayn, noon. And dighn is basically hidden grudge, unrevealed jealousy, or unrevealed rancor, spite for someone. Idghan is basically when something is completely covered because of clothes or because of armor. So a person is completely covered, why? Because of their clothing or because of their armor. So they conceal their hatred and their dislike for Allah, for His Messenger, for His book, and they hide it so well, do they think that Allah will not expose it? He will expose it. And this is something that we should really worry about. Because we think that if something is in our hearts, then it's hidden. It will not remain hidden. It will come out. If we have love for someone, it cannot stay hidden. If we dislike someone, that dislike cannot remain hidden. It'll show. We think we can hide. But situations will come where our inner reality will be exposed. And so it is necessary for a person to keep ikhlas for Allah in his heart. In Surah Ali Imran, Ayah 179, we learn, Allah will not leave the believers in the condition that you're in right now. No. حَتَّى يَمِيزَ الْخَبِيثَ مِنَ الطَّيِّبِ He will distinguish the impure from the pure. And how is it that a person's inner reality is revealed? How? Through hardship. You know, like they say, you don't really know someone until you've traveled with them. Right? Why? Because when a person is traveling, then what happens? You know, all the covers of fakeness, you know, they're basically removed. You can fake, you know, pleasantness for some time, but then when you're super tired because you've been sitting in the plane for like 10 hours, what's going to happen? The next time you hear a baby cry. Right? What's going to happen? Where is your fake smile? Where does it go? So this is something that we should be concerned about. What is it that we're keeping in our hearts? And Allah will send difficulties to test us, to reveal our true reality, even though He knows about it. He knows about it, but He will put us in situations that will expose our true reality. Why? So that we know ourselves also. Because what happens is that sometimes we are oblivious to our own deficiencies. We think, oh, I'm patient. I have sabr. I know how to control my anger. But what happens when you're thirsty and hungry and sleep deprived and fasting? And then somebody's not letting you sleep and they're screaming at the top of their voice, because they happen to be three-year-old, hmm? then what happens to the sabr and to controlling the anger? Where does it go? So Allah will put us in situations to expose us. Because until and unless we see our deficiencies, we cannot work on them. We cannot fix them. أَمْ حَسِبَ الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ أَلَّنْ يُخْرِجَ اللَّهُ أَضْغَانَهُمْ This is a threat. وَلَوْ نَشَاءُ And if we wanted, لَأَرَيْنَاكَهُمْ We could show them to you. 
The Prophet ﷺ is told, if we wanted, we could show the munafiqeen to you. We could show you these people who are not sincere believers. فَلَعَرَفْتَهُمْ Then you would recognize them. بِسِيمَاهُمْ By their mark. Meaning Allah would put a mark on the hypocrites so that the Prophet ﷺ would know this is a hypocrite and this is a sincere believer. Meaning, because of nifaq, there would be a physical, a visible sign on a person. Can you imagine? Allah could have done that. How embarrassing that would be. How embarrassing that would be. فَلَعَرَفْتَهُمْ بِسِيمَاهُمْ Sima from wow sin meme, wasm, is basically to brand something and from the sima is used for a mark. But even though there is no physical mark, there are distinguishing traits that are recognizable. Allah says, وَلَا تَعْرِفَنَّهُمْ You will definitely recognize them فِي لَحْنِ الْقَوْلِ By the tone of speech. You will recognize the person who is insincere to you. How? By the tone of his speech. لَحْنِ الْقَوْلِ لَحْن لَامْ حَنُونَ لَحْن is tone of voice, the style, the way of speaking. Because we learned that a munafiq is deprived of good akhlaq. A munafiq, what happens to him when he fights? He uses what kind of words? Polite words? Foul words. He is fahish, indecent in his speech. This is how nifaq is. You see, differences arise. We need to see, how do I talk when I'm upset? What kind of words do I choose when I disagree with someone? How do I speak to them? And especially given the person whom I'm addressing, the status they have, how am I talking to them? Because the munafiqeen, when they would speak to the Prophet ﷺ, they wouldn't show respect to him either. And they would do this in the name of confidence, bravery. You know, I can even stand up to him. I can even say this to him on his face. And many times the munafiqeen would do that. And here again we need to think about ourselves. How do I speak to people that I have differences with? What is the manner of my speech? What is the style of my speech? Is it condescending or is it respectful? Is it rude or is it appropriate? Is it harsh? How am I talking? Wallahu yarlamu a'malakum. Allah knows your deeds. You can't hide your deeds from Allah. وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ And surely we will definitely test you. حَتَّى نَعْلَمَ الْمُجَاهِدِينَ مِنْكُمْ Until we know those who strive among you. وَالصَّابِرِينَ And those who are patient. وَنَبْلُوَ أَخْبَارَكُمْ And we will test your affairs. أَخْبَار Plural of the word خَبَر What does خَبَر mean? News, information. It's to know the reality of something. وَنَبْلُوَ أَخْبَارَكُمْ We're going to test your akhbar, your news, meaning your affairs. We're going to test you again and again. You will not be left untested and untried. What does this mean? What does this mean then? Get ready. Be prepared. For you will be tested. Allah already knows your state. But He will test you to reveal your state. So that you can correct yourself. وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ حَتَّى نَعْلَمُ الْمُجَاهِدِينَ مِنْكُمْ Who are mujahideen? Plural of mujahid. The one who strives. وَالصَّابِرِينَ 
Who are sabirin? Those who observe sabr. So difficult situations that will distinguish between those who strive and those who don't. Those who are patient and those who are impatient. وَنَبْلُوَ أَخْبَارَكُمْ And we are going to test your news. Because what happens is that we have certain opinions about ourselves. But Allah will test us to see who is really true in His word, who is really sincere in His heart, and who is not. So we really need to make dua for taqwa. We really need to make dua for islahul qulub. That, oh Allah, correct my heart for me. Because that is where change begins. That is where khair comes from and that is where shar comes from. If the heart is not reformed, a person's actions are not reformed. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Indeed, those people who have disbelieved وَصَدُّوا عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ And they have also prevented people from the way of Allah. وَشَاقُ الرَّسُولَ And they have opposed the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam when مِنْ بَعْدِ after مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُمُ الْهُدَى مَا ذَاتْ تَبَيَّنَ لَهُمْ It became clear to them. What became clear to them? Al-Huda, the guidance. Meaning the truth, the guidance that the Prophet ﷺ brought was evident to them. It was clearly truth before them. Such people who are still striving to harm the cause of the Messenger, Allah says, لَنْ يَضُرُّ اللَّهَ شَيْئًا لَنْ never يَضُرُّ They can harm Allah, Allah, shay'a a thing. Meaning they cannot cause any harm to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not even the slightest. Moreover, what will happen is that they will be harmed. How? That وَسَيُحْبِطُ And soon He will nullify. He will render worthless. أَعْمَالَهُمْ Their deeds. All of their efforts will be wasted. What they consider to be good will be ruined. And whatever they have done so far, in order to oppose the messenger, will result in nothing. Three things are mentioned over here, three crimes. And what are they? Kufr, Sad, and Shiqaq. Kufr, denying Allah and His messenger. Sad, stopping people from Allah and His messenger. And then Shiqaq, Shaqu, from Sheen Qaf Qaf. And what does Shiqaq mean? Basically it's from the word Shaqa. And Shaqa is to split. Right? When something was one entity, it split into two. Alright? So it was together, but it separated. So shiqaq is when a person, based on his differences with someone, separates from them, and he doesn't just separate. He opposes also. Shiqaq in ba'id. We have read this earlier. So shaq al they oppose the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And all of this is not based on ignorance. It is based on what? on understanding, on clarification. They see the guidance of the Prophet. They see the guidance of Islam. But despite that, when they oppose Allah and His Messenger, they themselves deny, they stop other people, and then they oppose the deen, all of their efforts and their activities, will they harm Allah at all? No. They will not harm the deen, even in the least. Rather, such people will suffer harm themselves, in that all of their efforts will be ruined. Why is this ayah mentioned over here? Connect this with the previous ayah. What does the previous ayah say? That we will try you, we will test you. 
Meaning, in the path of Allah, there will be many hardships, there will be many difficulties. And these hardships you will face from who? From people that are around you. Remember the context of the surah? The Muslims had just migrated to Medina. Their families, their tribes were now turning against them. Right? So, when you have so many people coming against you, you begin to feel weak. So this ayah puts everything in perspective. Don't fear the enemy. Yes, they disbelieve. Yes, they stop people from the way of Allah. Yes, they are in opposition. But why do you fear them? Why are you afraid of them? You don't need to be afraid. Because no matter what they do, they cannot harm Allah's deen. No matter what they do, they will not be successful. So put things in perspective. Whenever you fear somebody, put things in perspective. Who's greater? Are these people greater? Or is Allah greater? Allah is greater. Who's got everything in control? Allah has everything in control. So don't worry. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu O you who have believed أَطِيعُ اللَّهَ You should obey Allah وَأَطِيعُ الرَّسُولَ And you should obey the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Don't be like the enemy of the Prophet who صَدُّ عَن سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ شَاقُوا And they oppose the Messenger. You do not be like them. What should you do? You have iman, therefore you should obey Allah and you should also obey the Messenger. وَلَا تُبْطِلُوا أَعْمَالَكُمْ And do not invalidate your deeds. Look at this. لَا تُبْطِلُوا إِبْطَال A new word is being used for the destruction of deeds. We have read أَضَلَّ We have read أَحْبَطَ And now we learn about أَبْطَالَ In the same surah. Over and over again the concept is being mentioned. Because it's very easy to perform deeds. Right? We think that's the hard part. Performing a good deed, we think that's the hard part. Like the month of Ramadan. Right? We think that's hard. What is harder is actually preserving your good deeds. That is much harder. Why? Because shaitan, first he stops us from doing anything good in the first place. And then if we defeat him over there, he doesn't give up. He comes back. And he tries his best to destroy what we have earned. So be on guard and la tubutilu a'malakum. Do not invalidate your deeds. Now what is abtala? Abtala batalam. From the word? From the word? Batil. What is batil as opposed to haq? Haq is truth. An established fact. Right? Something that has some basis, some proof, some evidence. And the opposite of that is Batil, meaning something that's not established. It's got no proof, right? There's no way of proving it true, all right? It's based on falsehood. Basically, Batil is something that has no stability and no effectiveness, all right? Meaning, from the outside, from a distance, it appears to be very good. But upon close inspection, what do you realize? That this has no stability. It has no effectiveness. It's not really original. It's a fake. It's batil. Like for example, you look at something that's made of glass, right? apparently made of crystal, and it looks really nice. All right? And from a distance, it looks really nice. You go closer, all right? and you see that it's a fake. It's made of cheap plastic. All right? So does it have any stability? You know that it's going to fall once and khalas. Right? So, Batil, it's not original. It's not based upon solid proof. That is the concept of Batil. So, 
ابطال ابطال is to make something باطل ابطال is to make something باطل how? to prove something باطل it is to destroy something how? that when something opposing something stronger comes upon it and destroys it cancels it out like for example okay opposing forces and positive versus negative right so one force will cancel out the other isn't it one force will cancel out the other why will it cancel it out because the canceling force is stronger it's heavier right it's more powerful So, لا تبطلوا أعمالكم Do not follow your good deeds with such deeds that will destroy your hard-earned good deeds. Now, how is it that good deeds are destroyed? How is it that good deeds are wasted? Firstly, what we should understand from all of these verses is that there are many things out there that can destroy our good deeds. We learn that some companions... They will be very eager to, in asking the Prophet wasallam about good things. About good things. About the good things that will happen, reward that Allah has promised, the good things that will happen towards the end of time, the victories that the Muslims will be granted. All right? But there were some other companions who would ask the Prophet wasallam about sharr, about evil, about the dangers. Why? In order to protect themselves. So for example, there's so many ahadith in which we learn, people coming to the Prophet ﷺ and saying, what's the best good deed? Right? Then what's the next best? Then what's the next best? So many ahadith we find like that. People are eager to learn about the good things, the good deeds. But there were some companions who were very concerned about the dangers. Why? In order to know what is it that will cancel out our deeds. So remember that destruction of deeds is of two types. There is ihbat kulli and there is ihbat juz'i. There is when all of a person's good deeds are wasted or some good deeds are wasted. What are those factors that can destroy all good deeds of a person? What are they? Shirk. لَإِنْ أَشْرَكْتَ لَيَحْبَطَنَّ عَمَلُكَ No matter what a person has done, all his good deeds are wasted because of which crime? Shirk. Likewise, kufr. Likewise, nifaq. These are actions which destroy all of a person's good deeds. Likewise, we see over here, people, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَصَدُّوا عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَشَاقُ الرَّسُولِ All of these will cause their deeds to be wasted. Right? Then there are those deeds which result in ihbat juz'i. That some good deeds are wasted because of them. Some good deeds are wasted because of them. Like for example, a person gives sadaqah. A person is giving in charity. But as he is giving charity, there is riya in the heart. Oh, others are watching me. Alright? That riya will cause that act of charity to be wasted. You understand? It will not cause all of his charities to be wasted, but that particular act of charity to be wasted. A person performs tahajjud, for example. The next day, talks about it in front of others. Why? In order that he may be heard. In order that his good deeds may be known. 
There's nothing wrong in informing people about your good deeds as long as it's for a good reason. Like for example, you want to encourage them by giving your own example. But if a person is bragging, then this is what? This is going to cause his good deeds to be wasted. So corrupt intention. Another thing is corrupt manner. Meaning a person is performing an apparently good deed, but he's not doing it in the right way. He's not doing it in the right way. Like for example, he wants to spend some time engaged in the dhikr of Allah. Alright? And in that, he is, the way he's doing dhikr, the manner in which he's doing dhikr is not from the sunnah. It's not established from the Qur'an and sunnah. You understand? And he's saying those words, thinking that he's going to get a certain amount of ajr because of saying those words, and because of the way that he's saying them, and the way that he's moving with them. Alright? This is corrupt manner. And because of that, that hour-long activity is not going to bring him any reward. What is his action called? What is his action called? A good deed? Apparently good deed, but not done the right way. An innovation, a bid'ah. And the Prophet wasallam said that he who innovates something in this matter of ours, meaning in the religion, then it will be rejected by Allah. Meaning that particular action will be rejected. It will not be accepted. So we have to pay attention to the methodology also. Then another thing that causes deeds to be wasted is following a good deed with a bad one. That a person performs a good deed and immediately after he performs a bad deed that will cancel out his good deed. Because remember that good deeds are going to be weighed, right? Not just good deeds but also sins. There is going to be scales. وَالْوَزْنُ يَوْمَ إِذِنِ الْحَقِّ Right? So if the sins outweigh the good deeds, then the good deeds are basically wasted. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that لا تبطلوا صدقاتكم بالمني والأذى Do not follow your acts of charity with man and other. What is man? Reminding the other person of the favor that you've done to them. And other hurting their feelings in that way. In Surah Al-Hujurat, ayah number 2, Allah says, that, O oh believers, لا ترفعوا أصواتكم فوق الصوت النبي. Do not raise your voices above the voice of the Prophet ﷺ. ولا تجهروا له بالقول كجهر بعضكم لبعض. And do not speak loudly to him as you speak loudly to other people. Meaning, maintain respect, show respect to the Prophet ﷺ. And if you do not do so, أَن تَحْبَطَ أَعْمَالُكُمْ وَأَنْتُمْ لَا تَشْعُرُونَ Your deeds may be wasted and you may not even realize. So disrespecting the Messenger ﷺ, this is also something that can cause good deeds to be wasted. So over and over again, this concept is mentioned in the surah. And Allah says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُوا الرَّسُولَ وَلَا تُبْطِلُوا أَعْمَالَكُمْ Be careful. Be careful about your deeds. Don't let them go waste. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Indeed, those people who disbelieve. وَصَدُّوا عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ And they prevent others from the way of Allah. ثُمَّ مَاتُوا And then they die in that state. وَهُمْ كُفَّارٌ While they are deniers. Plural of the word kafir. فَلَنْ يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَهُمْ Then Allah will never forgive them. فَلَنْ يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَهُمْ If a person dies in this state, then Allah will never forgive him. 
But if a person, while he's alive, he repents, then Allah will forgive him. But if a person dies in that way, لَن يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَهُمْ Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ ارْتَدُّوا عَلَىٰ أَدْبَارِهِمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُمُ الْهُدَى الشَّيْطَانُ سَوَّلَ لَهُمْ وَأَمْلَى لَهُمْ ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ قَالُوا لِلَّذِينَ كَرِهُوا مَا نَزَّلَ اللَّهُ سَنُطِيعُكُمْ فِي بَعْضِ الْأَمْرِ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ إِسْرَارَهُمْ فَكَيْفَ إِذَا تَوَفَّتْهُمُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ يَضْرِبُونَ وُجُوهَهُمْ وَأَدْبَارَهُمْ ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمُ اتَّبَعُوا مَا أَسْخَطَ اللَّهَ وَكَرِهُوا رِضْوَانَهُ فَأَحْبَطَ أَعْمَالَهُمْ أَمْ حَسِبَ الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ أَلَّنْ يُخْرِجَ اللَّهُ أَضْغَانَهُمْ وَلَوْ نَشَاءُ لَأَرَيْنَاكَهُمْ فَلَعَرَفْتَهُمْ بِسِيمَاهُمْ وَلَتَعْرِفَنَّهُمْ فِي لَحْنِ الْقَوْلِ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ أَعْمَالَكُمْ وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ حَتَّى نَعْلَمَ الْمُجَاهِدِينَ مِنْكُمْ وَالصَّابِرِينَ وَنَبْلُوَ أَخْبَارَكُمْ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَصَدُّوا عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَشَاقُوا الرَّسُولَ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُمُ الْهُدَى لَنْ يَضُرُّوا اللَّهَ شَيْئًا لَنْ يَضُرُّوا اللَّهَ شَيْئًا وَسَيُحْبِطُ أَعْمَالَهُمْ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُوا الرَّسُولَ وَلَا تُبْطِلُوا أَعْمَالَكُمْ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَصَدُّوا عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ مَاتُوا وَهُمْ كُفَّارٌ فَلَنْ يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَهُمْ